0: to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison
1: and I'm Meredith. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I don't really have anything exciting going on.
1: No news is good news. No
0: news is good news. Ready for the live show October 19th. Mm-hmm. So okay. And they're getting some merch in order before that.
1: Awesome. So that's it. All right let's get into it. Minimal banter.
0: So this is going to be two events that are sort of connected and similar and I'm just going to do them and then you can See what I mean? So we're going to start with the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Now that was in New York City. It was a like a true sweatshop. So and it was the top three floors of a building. So it was eighth, ninth, and tenth floors of an office building in New York City. Just picture rows and rows of, in this case, it's sewing machines with all these young.
1: Okay, so we're we're probably talking about a long time ago then.
0: Yes, we're talking about a long time ago. Okay, a sweatshop. Yeah, so,
1: right. Okay. Which
0: would put you in the early 1900s. Exactly,
1: right. That's what I was thinking. God, so, I'm so smart.
0: This one employed mostly young immigrant women, usually between 14 and 23 years old. Nearly all of them did not speak English, so mostly they were Italian and Jewish immigrants, and they worked about 12 hours every day. I don't think Sundays, but the other 6 days. Wow. And listen to what they earned. I mean, the girls earned $7 to $12 a week for working that many hours, which is wow. absurd. But today, that would be about 200 to a little more than $300 a week. Which is horrible. Horrible. So that's right. what they were earning. At this sweatshop in 1911, there were four elevators with access to the factory floors. So the, those top three floors. Only one elevator was working. And the workers had to file down this long, narrow hallway to get to that elevator. The elevator could only hold 12 people at a time. There were also two stairways down to the street. But at the bottom of one of them, the door was locked from the outside to prevent stealing. And the other stairway went to a door that only opened inward. So you can only open it in...
1: Inside.
0: No, you can only... From the outside to come in. To come... Right.
1: Right. So you so couldn't get out. In, right.
0: There was one fire escape and it was very narrow and it would have taken hours for everyone to use it if they actually had to.
1: Apparently, the danger of fire in factories like the Triangle Shirtwaist was well known. But there was so much corruption in both the garment industry and the government that, you know, the right precautions weren't taken to prevent fires. It's It's not like today. No. You know, with different laws and and also the owners had set fires to this building to collect insurance money in the past, so they refused to install sprinkler systems and take other safety measures in case they needed to set a fire again for insurance money. Right. So I assume we have a fire coming here.
0: We do. On March 25th, 1911, a Saturday afternoon around 4 p.m., There were about 600 workers at the factory when a fire began on the eighth floor in a rag bin. So as they were making the blouses, they were just bits that they cut off. They just put them all in one like garbage bin. And they weren't sure if someone had lit a cigarette or like a spark from the machines caused this little fire in this rag bin to start up. The manager there tried to put the fire out with the fire hose, but the hose was rotted and the valve was rusted shut.
1: So it could have easily been
0: put out. out. And they have no fire alarms in the building. So no one above them or below them knows that this fire is happening. Right. As the fire grew, so did the panic. The workers tried to cram into the elevator. But like I said, it was only meant to hold 12 people. The elevator operator could make four trips before the heat was just too intense. And the elevator just started to buckle.
1: Right. And you think I would think that a fire spreads fast in a place like that because there's a lot of flammable items oh yeah and one elevator
0: Mm -hmm. the girls that were stuck waiting for the elevator that was not coming back up for them were so desperate and they jumped down the elevator shaft to just see if they could grab hold of something and work their way down but they ended up jumping to their death girls also fled down the stairwells but died when they hit the locked doors so they were many were just burnt alive.
1: Oh my god!
0: Stuck down those stairs,
1: right? Because the fire started, you said, on the eighth floor. So now they're they're going down right into the fire, mm-hmm. basically.
0: Some thought they had escaped, and they all piled onto that one fire escape, and then it collapsed, sending them all one hundred feet to their deaths.
1: Oh, that's oh my god! That's so high. Harb.
0: Ugh. The girls who did not make it to the stairwells or the elevator were trapped by the fire inside the factory, and then they just began to jump out of the windows. And there were some men in there. Someone said that a man and woman kissed and then held hands and jumped.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Those workers who were on the floors above the fire and were able to go upstairs, and this includes the owners, they were able to escape when they got to the roof, and then they hopped to the adjacent buildings. So they were able to get to safety and the firefighters who showed up were totally ready to put this thing out, but their ladders only reached to the seventh floor. So they couldn't even get to the fire and they couldn't get anyone down because they're They're their ladders. They're
1: trapped above the eighth floor, basically.
0: So they couldn't even do anything.
1: Right. Imagine being a fire and you feel helpless.
0: And they said they were telling, you know, they had the, um, not the net. That they were so all holding the net so they could jump. jump right. But they were jumping so many at a time that it tore through the net.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Like, you need to jump one at a time. But they were all like no, panicking. panicking right. Yeah, everybody was jumping out. and
1: I, I assume, too, it's, it's a lot of it's got to be panic. But then the other is, is a reflex. Because well, you're, you, trying you're, trying to get you're away. so hot. Yeah. There, there's nothing else you can do.
0: So within 18 minutes, it was over. So, 49 workers had burned to death or been suffocated by the smoke. 36 were dead in the elevator shaft. 58 died from jumping to the sidewalks. And two more died later from their injuries. So, it was a total of 145 people killed by this fire.
1: In 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: So, this tragedy led to the development of laws and regulations to better protect people working in sweatshops. Despite a lot of evidence that the owners and management had been negligent in the fire, the grand jury didn't indict them on manslaughter charges. So to settle the lawsuits against them, they eventually paid $75 to each victim's family. What? And from the insurance company, the owners got $400 per death. So so the owners got paid for the deaths of they got money so they got they they netted $325 per employee that died and only gave the family $75
1: how is that like even what i mean never mind that and you don't turn around and then give the rest of that money to the families that's un... oh my god
0: so this case was just kind of a
1: precursor
0: precursor or just like a little history about the case we're really going to cover tonight. So we're going to fast forward 79 years. And this is going to be 79 years to the day that this case happens. No way. So in the late 1980s and early 1990s in New York City, illegal social clubs were all over the place. Most people that went to them were immigrants that couldn't afford to go to the regular nightclubs in the city. The clubs did not comply with any fire safety or liquor licensing requirements. One of these clubs was Happyland. The club was ordered to close in November of 1988 for building code violations. The violations included a lack of fire exits, alarms, or sprinklers. The club had only one set of stairs leading to... So it only had one set of stairs. You go in The bouncers right down at the bottom of the stairs and coat check and all that. Right. And then you go up just one set of stairs to another room that had the bar, the dance floor in it, and there were no windows. So it was
1: no way out, no way out, which I know it's because I'm a little weird, but it's always something I look at or I would look at when I went to clubs or concert venues. I always in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, if I need to get out of here, how am I going to get out of here? fast if right. i need to i know
0: so like i said 79 years to the day after the triangle shirtwaist factory fire on march 25th 1990 julio gonzalez a 36 year old cuban immigrant had been drinking at the happy land club for about an hour now naturally he thought this was the perfect time to try to go win back his ex-girlfriend so he went to try to talk to her and she happened to work at the club. She was Lydia Feliciano. She was 45 years old and she was the coat check worker at Happy Land Club.
1: So it's kind of like drunk dialing. Yeah. But.
0: So they did begin to argue, which. Is expected. Uh, she, to- she was basically telling him she wanted nothing more to do with him. The relationship was over to so just get lost. And the bouncer had to eject him at 330 in the morning. People, as he was walking away, he was screaming threats at the club, like he was going to shut it down and all this stuff. And then he just kind of stumbled away. Gonzalez went to an Amco gas station and bought a plastic container with $1 worth of gasoline.
1: Which back then was a lot. Yeah. A little, well, more. It's enough to get. Enough to get where you got to go. Right. Close.
0: He went back to Happy Land at about 3.40 a.m. and spread the fuel at the base of that one staircase the only access into the club, and through a lighted match.
1: That, and that was pretty fast thinking, because if he did that at 340, he was ejected at 330. Mm-hmm. So this was within a matter of 10 minutes.
0: After setting the fire, he just went home, removed his gasoline-soaked clothes, and went to sleep. So he didn't stick around to see what was what damage
1: he did. And what damage did he do?
0: Eighty-seven people died in the fire. Nineteen bodies were found downstairs, the other upstairs in the windowless dance room and bar area. Six bodies were found within several feet of the front door. Some of those trapped punched a hole through a wall to get to an adjoining union hall trying to escape. Some of the victims were found with their drinks still in their hands. Really? Most of the deaths were from asphyxiation or trampling. So they said they were dead within minutes because the smoke got so intense so fast that they just didn't even have time to react.
1: Right. So that's what I was thinking. It must be like asphyxiation at that point. Yeah, they didn't.
0: I mean, obviously bodies burned. Of course. But they died in like they said their legs were still like wrapped around the bar stools with their drinks in their hands. And they just
1: they probably just started to cough, choke. And that was that That was it.
0: Yeah, They said it was just minutes. Wow. Most of the victims were young Hondurans. 150 firemen responded to the blaze, which was extinguished in just five minutes. Only five or six people survived the fire, including Lydia, the ex-girlfriend. Wow. Who was she probably left. the
1: intended target. After she had
0: the fight with him, she went home. So she wasn't even there. And he oh. came back and just set the fire. The club's owner survived, and a disc jockey did survive, but he had second and third degree burns over half of his body.
1: Which is extremely painful.
0: Yeah. A woman interviewed later said that her family came to America to better themselves, and she lost her daughter, her sister, both of her brothers, her cousin, and her niece. All
1: in the same... In that fire. In that fire. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, Gonzalez was arrested the following afternoon after police investigators interviewed Lydia, the ex-girlfriend, and she told him about the fight they had. After the police read Gonzales his Miranda rights, he admitted to starting the fire. He said, I got angry, the devil got into me, and I set the place on fire. After his arraignment, he was held without bail and placed on suicide watch. Apparently, he was extremely remorseful, did not realize that that was going to happen, and what, what I don't like that he said was he didn't realize how many people were in there. I'm like, but he still knew people were in there. What
1: do you think is going to happen when you spread gasoline and light a match? It's not it's not like an SOS warning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a, "Hey, yoohoo, by the way, I think I might do something." D- yeah. You don't realize that? Uh, I guess you're drunk, stupid, and
0: so, Gonzalez was charged with 174 counts of murder, two for each victim, and he was found guilty on 87 counts of arson and 87 counts of murder on August 19th,
1: 1991. So, I'm curious. I want to see how long that, how long it gets. He was sentenced on September
0: 19th, 1991 to the maximum of 25 years to life for each count. Wow. So that's a lot. He was eligible for parole during March 2015. How can that be? Well, New York state law says that if you commit multiple murders during one act.
1: Oh, it's not serial kill. It's not not multiple. It's not. You don't get the death penalty for that. Right. Because we covered that on the last case. Right.
0: So and they're serving them concurrently, not consecutively. So it's just one 25 year term.
1: Right. So then you're up for parole for each one
0: at the same time at the same time so he was denied parole in march of 2015 he would have been eligible to apply for parole again in november of 2016 but he died in prison of a heart attack on september 13th 2016 and he was 61 years old hmm. i'm not sure why we didn't just deport him <laughs> don't get me started then but i don't know anyway Mayor, could you just tell us more of the background info about julio gonzalez
1: so Julio Gonzalez was born in Cuba on October 10th, 1954. He had served time in a Cuban prison for three years for army desertion, which isn't, you know, the That's worst terrible. thing. Right. He immigrated in 1980 as part of the Mariel boat lift that brought over a hundred thousand Cubans to Florida, which, and they were mostly hardened criminals. He wasn't, he wasn't a hardened criminal. So he faked that he had a criminal record for drug dealing Just to get on the boat. Right. Um, He was detained by immigration officials in Wisconsin and Arkansas. And then in 1981, he was sent to live with a sponsor family in New York. He never applied for permanent residency. He was a slight man with shoulder length, curly hair, and he never really had any problems. He was known as a quiet man who minded his own business and kept to himself. For the seven years before the crime, he had been in love and living with his girlfriend, who was Lydia Feliciano, and Lydia was 45 years old, which we did mention before, and in October 1989, he lost his job. He remained unemployed, and like for many people, the the stress took a toll on that relationship, and the two of them broke up around January, February of 1990. Julio moved out of their apartment and into a 10-by-12-foot room, so a small room in a boarding house. Um, By March 25, 1990, he was now two weeks behind on his rent.
0: Right. So things are going down. They're going down.
1: Life is not. The life he came for is not working out to plan.
0: The district attorney said that the owner and landlord of the Happy Land... Social Club were not responsible criminally, but the New York City Corporation Council filed misdemeanor charges in February 1991 against them. These charges claim that the owner and landlord were responsible for the building code violations caused by their tenant.
1: I was going to say, okay, crimin- they didn't commit the crime, but they're still violating. Right. So that makes complete sense to me so far.
0: They both pleaded guilty in May of 1992, agreeing to perform community service and paying a $150,000 fine towards a community center for Hondurans in the Bronx. There was also a $5 billion lawsuit filed by the victims and their families against the owner, landlord, city, and some building material manufacturers.
1: So I guess all of these families got together filed one lawsuit like a class action class action suit
0: that suit was settled in july of 1995 for 15.8 million or 163 thousand per victim and they said that it was such a big discrepancy between what they sued for and what they got because there was just no money nobody had they were never going to get that money
1: right it's very very similar to the aaron brockovich one too because or i'm sorry not um what movie is that? Oh, Rainmaker, when they sue the insurance company because, you know, you sue for so much and the the companies go belly up because they can't pay it, pay it all.
0: So the street outside of the former Happyland Social Club was renamed the Plaza of the 87 in memory of the victims. A memorial was erected directly across the street with the names of all 87 victims inscribed on it. The fire left about 90 children orphans and more than 40 parents lost their children.
1: A little bit of pop culture here, which I did not know, but then recently found out recently, like 10 seconds ago, that Duran Duran wrote the song Sin of the City about this particular fire. And the song Happy Land by Joe Jackson was also inspired by this event yeah which I did not know
0: we're not going to read the names of all the victims but I have it and I'm going to put it up on Facebook and Instagram just because we should
1: absolutely right
0: the pictures are probably going to be pretty horrific of this because I've okay. seen them and they are pretty horrific they're not probably going to be
1: did we I feel like so the first fire gives away to some new laws and were any of those followed in this 1991 case? No, or, we said
0: they, they I mean, didn't follow. it. They had nothing. It was supposed to be closed. It wasn't even supposed to be an open club. Right. It was like condemned closed. And they, I guess this was like happening all over the place. I guess it's like speakeasies, right? They were just popping up and hidden. Right. So, uh, so these clubs right, were just right. like, I guess they couldn't monitor everything. So
1: I'm just curious you know, a lot of the people that are going into these clubs are not aware that... that they're
0: walking into a death trap? Th- that
1: they're walking into a death trap, right. which is, you know, again, and that's why it's kind of strange when you think that these, uh, you know, landlords were not found criminally responsible, but they are absolutely re- responsible. I think almost just as much responsible as the person committing the crime.
0: That I, I think they're definitely responsible. They should have... And it's not like they weren't on notice, like they had been written up for violations and closed. And so they could have remedied all of this. Right. But that would have cost them money.
1: Which to me is so ironic that something like this happens in the same city. I mean, yes, New York is a very big city, but happens in the same city on the same date years later. Right. Like, do people not learn lessons? And especially when you go out and, you know, young people or if you're not from the area and especially, you know, these people, if, you know, English is not their primary language, it's, you know, sometimes there's a there's a language barrier or an education barrier Mm -hmm. and you just you some people don't know better. And so you go into these places and, you know, yes, I mean, they did not set the fire, but they're, you know, they're responsible. I agree. All right. So this was actually a very educational thank and uh, informative one thank you and it does make you think and it makes you learn about the laws that are put into play and to to protect us and the laws that should should be followed
0: that's it for this episode we'll be back next week we're gonna have a special halloween episode with crimes that happened on halloween in new york
1: you know what we should do something really scary. Like a live episode.
0: Like no. I'm not doing a live episode. An
1: unedited. Uh no. Live episode. We could do a
0: video episode <laughs> in costume. We could. Maybe we'll do that.
1: I know exactly what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a serial killer.
0: Like a box of cereal with a knife? Come on.
1: That box all over my
0: Yeah. <laughs> we would love it if you'd give us five stars.
1: A review. Yes. Share it. Spread the word. Yes.
0: Tell people to give it a shot. And also, if you could follow us on Instagram, it's Nefarious New York. Not hard to find. That's where I put all the pictures that go with all the episodes. And they go on Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. So that you can see all of this and not have to do that research on your own.
1: Right. And I feel like you do a really good job with that. Thank you. So um, you keep it really kind of up to date. You put some great stuff up there, so. I work hard. I know you do. For no money. Keep working.
0: That's it. Mayor. All right. Sing us out. Nefarious New
1: York. Stay tuned for uh, bloopers for Allison and Meredith after the music. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. Did you have to do that? <laughs> Come on. Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison.
1: And I'm Meredith. Tonight, And I'm Meredith. That's better.
0: Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison
1: and you have Meredith here with you. Oh
0: god. <laughs> Can you just do pick one cuz it's like the opening has got to stay the okay. same. Okay. Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm
1: Allison and I'm Meredith.
0: Are you? <laughs> She's Meredith.
1: <laughs> um you it employed
0: Carnival. Said that weird.
1: No. Carnival. Yeah.
0: Most of the victims were young Honduras... Most of the victims were young Hondurans celebrating Carnival.
1: <laughs> carnival. 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 No, it's not Carnival. Carnival.
0: Carnival. Carnival. Are you not a Honduran? <laughs> carnival. It's Carnival. Yeah, Carnival. It's not like a Carnival. Ca- I'm
1: saying Carnival, I guess, and you're saying Carnival. It's Carnival. Okay.
0: Most of the victims... <clears throat> Most of the victims were young Hondurans celebrating carnival.